Welcome to Pediagogy. I'm Tammy. And I'm Lydia. And we're UC Davis Children's Hospital trained pediatricians in Sacramento. This podcast reviews common conditions in children to enhance our knowledge and the knowledge of other residents, medical students, and any other interested learners. With that, let's delve right into this episode. Okay, a healthy vaccinated six-month-old girl presents to the emergency department after having convulsions at home. Her mother describes it as her whole body shaking and eyes rolling up and not responding. She doesn't know how long it lasted, but she feels like it felt like 10 minutes. Um, The daughter's in daycare, and she's had a cold with runny nose and fevers. By the time EMS arrived, she was no longer shaking. And on your evaluation, she's playful and interactive, with exam notable only for nasal congestion and a temperature of 101 degrees. So today's topic, based on that case, if you haven't gotten it, is febrile seizures. And this is something that comes up a lot and causes a lot of family anxiety. Um, and very reasonably so, because seizures can be very scary, even if it's just a simple febrile seizure, which is going to be our main focus of today. Yeah. So the short version is that you don't actually have to do a whole lot for a simple febrile seizure other than reassurance. But let's just talk about what is a febrile seizure first. Yeah, it's basically as the name describes. The AP defines it as a seizure that is accompanied by fever without a central nervous system infection in children who are six months to 60 months, so five years of age. It's actually relatively common and it affects two to 5% of children. And we don't exactly know what causes the febrile seizures to occur, but our main leading theory is that the immature childhood brain can get triggered into a hyperexcitable state by the fever or infection, which leads to seizures. Now, a simple febrile seizure is one in which there's no red flag signs. So it's a generalized seizure. So whole body shaking with both sides doing similar movements at the same time, like stiffening or jerking. It lasts no more than 15 minutes, and there's no recurrence or clusters. So this is in contrast to a complex febrile seizure, which would have warning signs like vocal seizures, which would involve just a part of the body, like eyes turning to one side or one side of the body moving if it's prolonged, so greater than 15 minutes, or recurrent seizures, so greater than one time. This should clue you into neurological abnormalities that may warrant further investigation, such as an anatomic anomaly, infection, trauma, or metabolic derangement. So that kid in our case study at the beginning, it sounds like she had a simple febrile seizure because her seizure was about 10 minutes and it was her whole body shaking and she's only had one in the last 24 hours. Perfect. Yep. Yeah. So why do we not have to do that much for a simple febrile seizure? Yeah, great question. So the evidence shows that there's not really an increased risk of things like mortality, developmental delay, hemiplegia, paralysis, or epilepsy with just a simple febrile seizure. We should say this with the caveat that there may actually be technically a very slight increased risk of epilepsy compared to the general population, but it's really a difference of parts of a percentage. So we're talking like 1.2% versus 2% risk. So likely clinically insignificant. So bottom line is basically they look scary for families, but they're overall pretty benign. Yeah. The main risk that families should be counseled on is the risk of recurrence of febrile seizures. Depending on which study you cite, it can be anywhere from 15 to 70% risk of recurrence after the first febrile seizure. 
but the AP site's about a one-third recurrence, so 33%. Um, and because it's benign and not really associated with an increased risk of epilepsy, there's no good data for starting empiric anti-seizure therapy for these patients. Now, remember that this does not hold true for complex febrile seizures, which actually does have a significantly higher risk of things like epilepsy and actually should be followed closely by a neurologist. So what does the AAP recommend we do for simple febrile seizures? They basically say that there's a lot of things we shouldn't do. Don't do an EEG because it's costly, not predictive, and increases family anxiety. Don't get labs like CBCs, BMPs, or glucoses because more often than not, you'll find abnormalities that you weren't hoping to find. And these can often be related to the background illness and won't explain the seizure. And you really don't want to get head imaging because you're going to be exposing this child to radiation and potentially sedation or anesthesia with low chances of actually finding anything significant. So obviously, though, if there's other concerning factors or findings that raise your suspicion for other things instead of like a complex febrile seizure or meningitis, you should definitely get additional workup. Yeah. So what if you do actually have concerns for meningitis? Like what if the patient had some neck stiffness or altered mental status? Well, then you would definitely have a low threshold to get a lumbar puncture. This is particularly true in that six to 12 month age window when kids aren't fully vaccinated against homophilus influenza or Hib and strep pneumonia. Um, but really any age where a child isn't fully vaccinated for these two bugs, um, you should definitely think about getting an LP for meningitis. Yeah, that's a really great point. You might also think about it for patients who were pre-treated with antibiotics for their underlying illness because antibiotics might actually be masking any meningeal signs. Not to mention that kids can sometimes be kind of tricky to actually see meningeal signs, like how many kids are going to let you bend their neck when they're fussing around. <laughs> true, but true. <laughs> unless you have concerns, so unless you have concerns for meningitis, there really isn't much to do other than reassurance and counseling families for a simple febrile seizure. So this brings up the age-old question for families that I get a lot from parents about whether or not vaccines are okay to give. So as we all know, kids get vaccines, they can often get fevers. And so parents ask us all the time about whether or not vaccines are safe to give in the setting of febrile seizures. Yeah, they actually studied this in Australia where they compared kids who had febrile seizures within two days of getting a vaccine compared to kids who had a febrile seizure not even around the time of vaccine. And what they found was that seizure duration, risk of repeat seizures, hospitalization, and anti-seizure medication use were the same for both of the two groups. So giving a vaccine doesn't increase your risk of poor outcomes with febrile seizures. Another common vaccine and febrile seizure association that we should talk about is the MMR or measles, mumps, rubella, and the varicella vaccines. Uh, so a 2010 study found that in kids 12 to 23 months old, there was double the risk for febrile seizure 7 to 10 days following the combined MMRV vaccine, also known as ProQuad, compared to when you have the separated MMR and varicella vaccines. So this is why a lot of practitioners may choose to give MMR and varicella separately at one year of age, but will give the combined MMRV for the second dose at four years of age. Yeah, it's important to note that the actual absolute risk is one additional febrile seizure for every 2,300 doses of MMRV given in the seven to 10 day post-vaccine period. So not a very high increase in risk. 
The rate of seizures in the 7 to 10 day period is 85 per 1,000 person years compared to 42 per 1,000 person years in the separate MMR and varicella group. So it is double the rate, but it's also still a very small rate. The CDC has a great easy-to-read article about this and recommends practitioners counsel parents on this risk if they wish to save their child a poke and give the combined vaccine for that 12- to 23-month period. For those of you who are interested in learning more about febrile seizures, we're actually going to have a separate deep dive episode coming soon regarding Brugada syndrome and febrile seizures. So the quick and dirty on simple febrile seizures is that they're generalized seizures less than 15 minutes in the setting of a fever without any red flag signs. The key is that the source of fever is outside of the brain and these seizures are benign and don't require extensive workup other than reinsurance and counseling families on recurrence. That's all for this episode. You can find additional information in the podcast description and our social media resources. Please rate and subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Twitter at PediagogyPod. That's P-E-D-I-A-G-O-G-Y-P-O-D. Special thanks to Orlando Magana at OM Audio Productions for music composition and Dr. Su Ting Lee and Dr. Lena Vanderlis for mentorship.